when you start making those belief changes, you start showing up differently. You you attract different clients, you attract different people into your life, you just see the world in a different way. And it doesn't feel like a struggle, like you're trying to be someone different, you just are someone different. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez, your host today on the podcast, and I am super excited to bring to you our guest today, who is Dr. Tiffany Brown Bush, who is an integrative mental health therapist, traditional naturopath, and board-certified doctor of natural medicine who specializes in brain health and food struggles with a focus on the nervous system and rewiring that, brain balancing, brain optimization, and brain health. And she happens to be my brain health doctor, my personal doctor. And I thought it would be fabulous to bring her on the show because she works with a lot of entrepreneurs and people who are, quite frankly, going hard in their lives and their businesses and uh, want to optimize their health and their cognitive skills and how they approach all of that. And she's built a beautiful business. So I'm bringing her on to talk to her about how she's gone from where she was to where she is now and her approach to business. So welcome to the show, Dr. Tiffany. Thank you so much, Mira. I'm so happy to be here and so sorry about how long the bio is. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but uh, yeah, super excited to be here with you. Tell us a little bit, because I don't know the answer to this. I, I came in as a client and, uh, you know, just wowed by how you show up and your level of professionalism and, and the, the, the breadth and the, the depth of your toolkit, your understanding, your, your, your cognition on the cognition really. Um, but like what got you into this business? Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. What stands out as the pivotal parts to that journey? Yeah. So, and you're right. We never talked about any of these things as we weren't supposed to. It was all about you. That was your space, right? And um, how did I get here from an entrepreneurial perspective? I have been a kind of chronic entrepreneur for a while. Um, I've been at it for a long time. I, I started my business, my first business when I was 18, 19 years old, something like that. Um, when I met my husband, I actually owned a business that I kind of released to him and, and was building my practice. So from an entrepreneurial perspective, I've been self-employed for as long as I can remember. I was always in wellness. So that's how this started. And then I was in wellness and I felt like the women that were coming to me needed something that was deeper. And so I kept going back to school. And I kept going back to school. So I went back to school for mental health, for naturopathy, um, for functional neurology. And I just kept getting more and more training out of a desperation to support the people that were coming in to work with me. First, it was wellness coaching and then different kinds of things. And it's over the years become exactly where I am, where it's very focused on obviously brain health coaching and um, mental health therapy and naturopathy and functional medicine. And partly... I 
needed to save my own brain at some point during this process and started to realize people around me needed their brain supported as well. So there's just, uh, you know, there's been this blissful kind of marriage of um, wanting to help the people that I, I take care of and also wanting to preserve my own brain health for longevity and to make sure I could show up as best as I could. So you've really been at it, you said since 18 or 19. So that's fantastic. How has that, how has that changed for you from those early days to now? Like what kinds of obstacles did you have to overcome to, to reach the level of success that you've reached now? I didn't know what I was doing, which I'm sure a lot of people who go into business are like, I love what I do and I'm passionate about it, but don't know how to run a business. I, I know a lot of other entrepreneurs like that. And so I just had some smart people around me who thought I could start a business. And I I had, I, I've always attracted people. So, you know, you talk about like funnels and trying to get people to you. Just, I've been very heavily referral based my whole career. I, I love people. They can tell that I genuinely care. So I was always able to find people who believed in my mission. That part was never a problem. It was, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just trying things and I'm building things and I'm growing things and I don't, I don't have any systems in place and um, everything's kind of going a little crazy. So that was the early phase of like, I um, just dumb lucked it, <laughs> you know, through the whole first part of the process. Um, and then I started to run into the fact that I didn't have a, a stable foundation. So when I regrouped and established my practice, I said, okay, I need some structure here. I need to learn how do you build systems. I need to hire more people. I can't do everything myself. It was a lot of that sort of thing. It's like, I think I need an education in something other than all the helping parts of my business. Yeah. Do you think that was a bit of a worthiness issue? The the hiring people, like I need to hire people. I, I, this is what I see oftentimes with my clients and, and even myself. There have been times where I'm like, I need support, but can I, am I worthy of that? Am I able to receive at that level? Was that ever a, a part of the internal dialogue? Right. That's a great question. I know worthiness has been part of aspects of the business for sure. For sure. You know, um, we all have our stuff that we have to work through and overcome from our past and um, the, all the messaging. You know, one of my clients was saying this because I, I'm always telling people to delegate, you know, and I'm saying, I need you to get this person hired to help you at home even, not even in professional, just I need, I need someone to clean your house, someone to help you cook for your kids. I need, you need to hire a personal assistant just, just because I'm working with people's brains, right? Like, so the, I'm working with, and if their brain isn't functioning, a lot of their areas of their life can start to fall apart. And a lot of times what people will say is, now I have to manage someone. Are you going to help me manage this person? Because I can barely manage my own life. And now you want me to tell somebody else what to do for me. And I don't know if I can handle that. I don't feel like my brain is organized enough for that. I think, Amira, it's a responsibility having a team and leading them. And I don't even know if I felt like I wasn't worthy as much as like, what in the heck am I doing? You know? And what are they supposed to do? And how do I set that up? And when they don't do it the way I want, how do I not just lose my mind? <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's so how did you work? How did you work through that? Because these are this is, I think, very common for people like some people hire business coaches and mentors and things like that. But a lot of people just slog on through and, and figure it out for for themselves. And what were 
What were your strategies around that? Right. No, that's great. You know, just so that this story has a positive ending, in the last five years, I've hired people. (laughs) Yeah. In the beginning, I didn't hire anyone. I read a lot of books and we went to some trainings. Um, You know, I talked to a lot of people. I just tried to, but I did. I, I kind of slogged my way through and I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I think one of the earlier things people need to do definitely is get, you know, their their admin team sorted out. And um, with a practice, you have to have certain things in place. But I'm a solo practitioner, so you can get away with things. So and I um I know all the right supplements to take and how to take care of my brain. So I could I could do a lot. I had a lot of stamina. So for a long while, I did it myself. I did a lot of things on my own. And then when I hired, I got too close to some of my staff and didn't have great boundaries and had to learn from the stakes. And as I would rehire, I'd learn from the people I was maybe hiring from, you know, and and then I just used all my people skills and just tried to figure it out. But it wasn't pretty. I, I would admittedly say I've taken maybe some time off my, at least my hair is a little grayer. I can say that because of, of what I did wrong for so many years. So yeah, so that's that's kind of how I did it. You, you mentioned in there, in that conversation that you didn't have good boundaries with the people on your team. What do you think that came from? Was that like a belief system about how you're supposed to interact with people? Like where where do you think the, the, the boundary issues yeah. developed? Absolutely. I don't think I had great boundaries in business in general, (laughs) you know? So the staff was just one more place where we did not have healthy boundaries. So I've done a lot of work. I believe we need to work, work, work. So I, um, I think I didn't grow up with healthy boundaries. I have been, people who know me personally will say, you were cultivated to do this. I was always supposed to be a healer helper. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the field I'm coming from. Like we, part of our identity is helping heal people and helping them find their way to, to to healing. And so sometimes there's a lot of blurred boundaries in that. And so I was I was kind of mired in uh, my childhood and teens in an environment where there weren't healthy boundaries. Yeah. You just, I didn't learn it. I had to spend a lot of time learning what that even looked like in my 20s as I'm running a business, right? And so I'm just taking my childhood stuff and my relational stuff and then applying it to business. So, you know, there weren't great boundaries with clients. There weren't great boundaries with the staff. I think it's just that I didn't know any better until it started to really become a problem. So how did you move beyond it? How did you overcome that? I did a lot of work on different levels, right? So I, I hired, um, I'm, I'm a professional, so I've got a lot of work that we end up doing as a professional mental health, you know, uh, professional. I, we have to go through a lot of trainings. And so I developed a support team in doing that, um, my own therapy, my own coaches. You know, I had a business mentor in there in my 20s who also was someone I could bounce some of these things off of, but just... Um, support and and having putting some infrastructure in place and i still do work on boundaries boundaries have gotten much better over the years for sure but it's something i'm very aware of as a kind of a place where i'm vulnerable yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so um do you feel like that has been a a betterment for your team as well yes yes this team i currently have i think that um the fact that i have clearer expectations. We have better systems and the systems can, can always be better. Um, that's something we're working on even currently, but just 
systems in place. And I don't think they're supposed to read my mind and, and all those fun things that you just, you are supposed to love the business like I do and care about the clients the way that I do. And yeah. none of that stuff happens anymore. <laughs> it's right. just like, yeah. And then they're incentivized for loving on the clients and, and those, you know, the feedback I get when someone's like, oh my gosh, they just worried me to death about my appointment. And I'm so grateful for it. You know, th yeah. tell them thank you. They're so yeah. responsive. You know, I, I let them know that and I'm able to um, incentivize them. So there, there are much better boundaries these days. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's great. And you talked about incentivizing them and, and really connecting the dots. For, it sounds like you're really connecting the dots with them on yeah. the outcomes that you want. Yeah. So you talked about always being raised to be someone who was a healer. So you knew, I'd like to, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. What is that? Like, wh 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 how, how is that developed in you? Yeah. And, and then I'm going to ask my question, my next question, how that relates to business. Right. Right. So I wish it was a pretty story. <laughs> because your, your face looked like it was pleasant. And I thought, well, um, so it really came out of dysfunction, to be quite mm -hmm. honest. It was out of necessity. You know, the work that I do these days around nervous system rewiring and brain balancing, I, I care a lot about the trauma that people experience because it really does change the way the brain works. Yeah. And um, it, it impacts longevity and um, the progression of diseases and all those things. Part of my passion around like early life trauma, childhood trauma, those kinds of things came from not just the research that I'm aware of, but just the work I've had to do. So I was talking about the work that I've done. A lot of it is like, you know, that was total dysfunction that I was mired in growing up. <laughs> Who knew? Um, because it's generational. And, you know, I'm a woman of color. And there's a lot of um, stuff that just as an African-American woman, a Native American woman, there's a lot of stuff my people have endured. I've got a lot of that in my my family, you know. Mm. And there are a lot of money issues and money stories. There's a lot of stuff. And the women in my family had so much dysfunction, they needed a sounding board. And so I was groomed as someone who would help with things and, and listen and all of those things. Um, and that's how it started to develop is like, I, I think my role in the world was to, because I could handle it and I loved helping. Yeah. And that's where it really started. And then I kind of made lemonade out of lemons is <laughs> kind of what I did. Um, but that I've always felt pulled towards it. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think our, our growing up, our family dynamic mm -hmm. is is such a huge it makes such a huge impact on how we approach business. I know that 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 it certainly has for me as well. And and you talked about money beliefs. And I think this is a huge thing. I mean, I think it's a huge thing for everyone. I don't, I don't think anyone escapes it. How did those show up for you in business specifically? Oh, um, undervaluing myself. Um, even today, it's like something that my coach works with me on and the coaching work that I've done. Um, undervaluing myself, giving too much away, you know, and then um, just kind of scarcity. And I had no idea. So that was what was really interesting is it came, it was it wasn't until I married my husband who's like, why don't you charge more? <laughs> it's just like yeah. why are things so cheap? Why do you work so much? You know, and and he grew up very normal with um more of an affluent family. And so I was so bizarre to him in some of my rhythms mm -hmm. that it was a great reflection for me to make sense of 
what, like, why am I doing this? And why, you know, Absolutely. um, so, so yeah, it was, it was that way that the money story showed up for me. So yeah. that was a, one of the hurdles. Huge, huge stuff. Right. And, and, and we don't see it for ourselves because we're in it. It seems normal to us. It's how everyone around us thinks, behaves, makes decisions, all of that. And we don't see another way of doing it. And yet we want these different outcomes. We, we're looking at the world and going, I'd like this as my outcome. And yet we're making decisions from inside a belief system that doesn't allow us to get those outcomes anymore. So did you find that you had to really um, change who you were being? That's where the worst part showed up. I saw myself as worthy. I knew I was bringing value into the world. So what has changed a lot is me remembering that it's an exchange of energy that, um, you know, I, I, I'm very clear now on everything, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, and it's, um, and I, it's an exchange of energy in that I value myself, but I also value what I'm doing. There's, there is nothing like having your help. And it took me having health issues and getting like, oh my gosh, I will give whatever I have. <laughs> it will drain all my accounts. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when I went to the Amen Clinic and had my own brain scan or, or figured out what was going on with me, I don't care how much this costs because I have no life if I don't have my health. Yeah. And I got the value of what I was bringing to the table and I'm, I'm good at what I do. And I, and I feel really, so for me, what it, it became is l- changing the story around what was happening. And then what changed was I started meeting amazing people like you. Yeah. Where it's just like, I just want the best for my health and I just want the best brain possible. You know what I mean? And it was in complete flow. And and there are lots of people around me, Amira, who I'm in great flow with. Yeah. Um, but it's because the, the sound in my head is very different than what yeah. it used to be. Mm-hmm. 100%. I really find that when you start making those belief changes, you start showing up differently. You you attract different clients, you attract different people into your life, you just see the world in a different way. And and your life becomes different and it doesn't feel, for me at least, I look back and I go, oh wow, that's really different than it was five, 10, 15 years ago. I can see over time this huge difference, but when you're in it, it's just who you're being and it doesn't feel like a struggle, like you're trying to be someone different. You just are someone different because you've done done that work. So That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Well, hard so, to agree. So let's talk about attracting people like me. I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and I thought it would be really interesting to talk about the, the way I frame it is sort of the masculine aspect and the feminine aspect that, of entrepreneurship for me. You know, the masculine aspect is, you know, you need the determination, the discipline, the go hard, the focus, the 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 action. It might be a thousand and one decisions on Zoom calls for 12 hours a day, right? Like there's that drive yeah. that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And then the, the, the feminine aspect is, you know, you need to be open to the ideas, open to receive, being in the flow, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I know you work with a lot of sort of high power, high driven people. How do you speak to personally? Let's talk about you personally. How do you do it in your own business? And then how do you how do you help people see it in their business as well? This this kind of navigating the balance there. Because you can't, I imagine, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think you can tell an entrepreneur to go sit on a beach and like 
do nothing. Like they're they're going to give you the stink eye. Okay, how do you speak to that, and how do you how do you help people with that? I have been blessed to be able to. I learn from life, right? So I learn from life. I learn from other people. So you don't have to teach me things multiple times. Okay, so I'm a very good student. Adrenal health became a problem early on for me. And um, I, I'll say this personally, my mother developed cancer at 39 going into 40. So part of my mission around health and wellness is that um, people develop cancer very early in my family, okay? Mm-hmm. My mother is a stressaholic. My favorite emotion I tell people is like overwhelmed. I'm not even anxious. Like I like hit the overwhelm because I'm doing 50 million things, doing too much. You know, I like I just want to save the world. I'm sure I'm sure none of our listeners relate to that at all. Relate to that at all. So let me tell everyone listening from my professional and experiential perspective, cortisol is a real problem. Stress hormones are a real problem. And that will really change your health. And as a female, I have to remember, and this is the unstoppable woman here, right? So you've got to remember that you are not all testosterone. There's a lot of estrogen and softness, and we have our own way of doing things. And our brains are wired completely different than men's. We are this spaghetti kind of interstate highway complex system where theirs is not. And so we have to capitalize on our ability to kind of work in so many different ways. They have to use that energy all the time because their brains are different. They're simpler. (laughs) Okay. And if we do it in that kind of hyper masculine energy, our hormones can't take it. We, we are, are really, they can't like it throws off the estrogen progesterone balance. The cortisol, um, raises too high. You start having women develop PCOS and all these things. Um, go into menopause early. So for me, Amira, I had to understand as I learned about adrenal health and the impact on my hormones, and I went into early menopause in my early 30s and had to reverse out of it. I need to slow down and find a softer way to go about doing things (laughs) because this is not going to be sustainable long term. And I don't like how this feels. And I worked with a naturopath and that, and, um, that, that was not even a colleague. And she was like, girl, you're so out of flow. What is going on with you? You don't have flow because you're out of flow. And I thought that was fantastic. And together, she and I worked on what I was doing wrong, and it changed everything. So that. tell me a few things that you were doing wrong. Like, what, what, give us, give us some details. Give there. us the details. Yeah. Way too much caffeine. Okay. What is way too much? Tell people. <laughs> Like, are we talking 10 cups or are we talking two cups? What is yeah, too much? I was probably at four to five big cups a day. Okay. You know? And the recommended amount is actually like, because caffeine, now I'm very snobby. I think I've told you this. We got to be very snobby about our coffee. Okay. So, <laughs> so I like bulletproof coffee. Um, and, and I mean the, the mold-free, very clean, toxic-free coffees. I wasn't doing that. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. I was drinking whoever's coffee and I was drinking like five, five, 10 ounce, 12 ounce cups of, of it a day because I was getting up early. I'm, a, I'm an early bird. I start the day early, but I was staying up late to get work done. Yeah. So that combination of because caffeine raises your stress hormone. Now, it's great for the brain. It's great for the liver and detox. But if in, in excess without enough water, it just increases your stress hom- hormones and throws your sex hormones out of balance, upsets your thyroid. So then you add not sleeping to that. And then um, I was in wellness, so I'm very active and, and into fitness. I, it was a perfect storm for really derailing things. It was, it was not enough self-care and rest, though I knew better. 
So when you say you were in wellness, does that mean you were overtraining? Yeah, I was overtraining. The short answer okay. to that question is that okay. way too much exercise. Um, it made sense for my career, but it didn't make sense for my health. Got it. So then how did you how did you start making the changes? Because so back to the identity piece, right? You know, like that was your identity. I'm I'm in health and I'm a I'm fit. I'm I'm training, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am this I'm a go hard, yeah. you know, I I have really great work ethic. I'm gonna stay up late, get up early, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. That's identity right there. Yeah. So was it simply the wake-up call from the health issue that was like, this has got to change and that was enough for you? Or did you have to do a little bit more with yourself to make those changes? I'm very much a when you know better, you do better, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I believe in mirror neurons, right? So the, you know, I, I need to be a great leader. I need to be, I need to be paying attention to what I'm role modeling. So there was a lot of this for me. So it wasn't just a wake up call. It was like, what am I, what am I teaching people as well? Mm-hmm. So alignment there. Alignment. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it was that, it was not feeling like I was, I was in alignment. I think that's the best way to put it. And, and so I said, I have to shift and this isn't wellness. I think it was that, like, this isn't health. This isn't what I am selling. I'm, I'm not, this is disingenuous, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's not okay energy. I'm going to get the wrong energy back. And so it was really get your house together kind of kind of stuff that should yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So so now how do you handle that? Because I know in business that there's always going to be periods where things ramp up and there's an intensity inflection. Yeah. How do you personally respond to it? Like when do you know, okay, this is the time to go hard. Actually, I need to you know, the business needs this. I need this. It's going to be for this period of time. I'm, I'm willing to go, go all in on with that focused kind of energy. And when do you go, nope, not worth it. How do you make that kind of decision for yourself? I do ask myself questions around, is this something that I want? You know, is this what I want? Is this meeting my needs? Because I have, because I have a vision now. Yeah. Not just for the business, but for my life, <laughs> you know, which was not a part of anything in the past. I would, there's a vision for my life. And so the business has to work with my life too, yeah. you know? So then I start to ask myself those questions around, is this, because people will show up in my space, you know, because I, I have all day intensives, right? You know, mm-hmm. and they'll want that intensive way sooner than maybe I wanted to do that intensive, to be quite honest, yeah. because something's going wrong for them. And, and you know, that's a 12, 14 hour commitment all around doing an intensive. So that's one of the places where that can show up for me. Or there's, um, you know, I have a lot of high net worth individuals in my practice. It's not just entrepreneurs. These are people who are used to getting what they want when they want mm-hmm. it. And I take care of their families. And so sometimes I have family members going off the rails. So sometimes it's not me, you know, I, it's someone else's like sincere urgency changing how my business feels to me. And I have to decide, can I go all in to help this person save their brain? Can I go all in to help this person save their family? Do I have that? And is this right for me? So that's, yeah. And what I see you doing is triangulating the, the vision, the desire, the, how I, I want it to be with the what you're receiving what what's coming to you and and your desires to serve yes wow yeah yeah Yeah. so sometimes it's it's yes because i think you know it's a a person 
it's a flow client, right? So that's that. So that's part of this is a flow person, and I feel like kind of the the universe, my source has said, hey, you're gifted here Mm -hmm. for this moment. I go all in, I lean in hard, and I do all the things I need to do to make sure I don't break. But then there's sometimes where it's like, you know, I think this isn't this isn't the right fit for me. Yeah. And this isn't the right season. And I think I need to go a different direction with this case. And is that an intuition that you just tap into? Always. Yeah. Always. And when like, I don't honor it, we have problems. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that, I think, is a beautiful sort of articulation of the, the masculine and the feminine. Like when I'm tapped into my intuition, my feminine aspect... I receive some so much information, not just clients, but so much information. And I, I am very clear, this is a yes, this is a no. If I'm not tapped in, if I've gone over that edge just a little bit too far, it gets ugly, right? It's ugly. Yeah. 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 And there's regret. And you're like, I knew this and I didn't listen to myself. <laughs> Total. 100%. 100%. So you work with a lot of, you don't just work with women, you work with men. You started to talk about the difference between male brains and female brains. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you see the the differences in your male clients and your female clients? Not just the the neuroscience of it, but but I'm fascinated by that. So please, yeah. okay. talk a about the neuroscience, but also in just their... They're like approaches to, to to their lives and what they bring to you. And as context here, I think as women, uh-huh. we come to the world and we think everyone's like us, just like I'm sure men think everyone's like us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it would be a worthy conversation to have here that because you know so much about the way the brain works, about how that is different. I mean, there's... It's not just male, female. There's like, everyone has yes. a different brain, okay? The real difference between approaches and, and that it's not all, all the way that we see the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I have to be honest, my, I enjoy working with women. That that's, There's a natural rhythm, you know, because some people really enjoy. I know one of my colleagues loves working with men. Just mm-hmm. loves working with men. She just not enjoy working with women as much. And I, I really just am like, oh, it's just so much easier if we're on the same frequency when I'm working with a woman. And and there's a complexity, just the expectation of the 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 dynamic, where, whether it's the assessment, the treatment, the you know, how do you help me implement this, the lifestyle piece. There, there's a um, there's a difference in the questions that are asked. There's a difference in the um, the approach to the sup- the even going through with a, a woman client her supplement protocol sheet and just how that oftentimes will make sense and then the questions she asks about it and what she needs out of me it's just <laughs> and when when I have a male client a lot of times they're memorizing their supplement protocol or they you know <laughs> doing something like well I I made a really beautiful protocol for you, you know, you you don't have it posted. No, no, it's the bottles are in my car. I'm just, you know, it's just always kind of that kind of thing. And they come in and they just have, oh, they have just different expectations. It's transactional a lot of times and they care about certain numbers that are not quite as relevant to the overall like experiential aspect of what's going on with their health. And they, especially the businessmen, the entrepreneurs, the, the male entrepreneurs, will say, well, 
you know, just a timeline on data points. And it's like, this is the body. (laughs) (laughs) And they've never taken care of themselves before. This is the first moment. They've never had to worry about anything, right? They're not having a menstrual cycle their whole life where they're having to worry about their body. And it's like they're looking at a profit, they're looking at a profit and loss statement yeah, and the body. Right? Yeah. How long is this going to take? How much is this doing cost? Like, in, right. and I'm like, I have no idea how long your healing journey is going to be. Yeah, I to work with your budget. Don't get me wrong, but um, I can't answer a question like that. I'll bust my hump to help you do it, but what yeah. are you going to do? What is your rhythm about to be? So, Amir, I guess the difference is just their their approach to this process, considering they haven't been taking care of their health for a long time. That's a lot of what what happens in my industry. Whereas women are accustomed to doing that and worrying about that and have a complexity of thought and have different skills in place. I'm going to be completely transparent and I'll turn it back. Oftentimes I have to ask their spouse to to participate in their healing process. Because if I leave it to my male client, he doesn't know well enough most of the time how to take care of himself. Yeah, so fascinating. So and relate that back to what you were talking about earlier, the spaghetti network for, for women. And it sounded like the the highway, the sort of mm-hmm. network for, for men. Is that is that the sort of where the male gets uh is able to to hyper focus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a less less um it's not that they don't have as emotional of a brain. There's a less uh, less emotional complexity and EQ there. Dr. Amen has done tons of research because he loves the female brain. He's like, you know, I love being a man, but boy, I would love to have your brain. <laughs> He's, a woman. He's like, you just, you can do so many more things. And it's because we're wired to create. So our biology is that we are wired to be able to have a child. So your brain needs to be able to take care of you and your child and meet both needs at all times. So you're working on different levels all the time. And so we stress, Amir, we have so many mental health issues as females because our brains are doing so much. (laughs) You know, we get depressed because we're thinking on all these levels because our brains are wired to do so for survival. That is fascinating. This is the first time I've ever heard this connection between the the, the female body is designed to create life, make yeah, babies, create life, yeah, you know, make babies, yeah, and that our brains have to be able to do multiple things at once because of that. Take care of that. our body, take care of baby body. Ask any mom and anyone listening. They will tell you they know the sound of their child's voice from across the room and a sea of other children's voices. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't she be stressed out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that mine? I think that might be mine. Like, is it what kind of what kind of tone is that in her voice or his voice? Like, do you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that is biology. And that's what he he wrote. He's done so much research and written so much about the mm-hmm. difference in the brains and it's on spec scan. So Dr. Amos is actually looking at blood flow. And the brain as well. And so the neurology is very clear on this. How does that show up for female entrepreneurs who have to, uh, how does that affect their minds? Because although we can design our businesses any way we want, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of uh, linear uh, structure that's involved in running a business, a lot of delineation and focus. How do you think 
the female brain has adapted, has it adapted well? Has it, it has it caused problems for the female brain to be running a business in, in particular? In business. Yeah. And and that's a great question. You know, we might need to talk more about this. <laughs> you can share some of your information, like on the statistics of things. Yeah. Um, I know that we can, there's a lot of kind of multi-passionate aspects of things that can show up where um, I know in some of the groups I've been in, doing too many different types of things and having too many different types of offers and then customizing for each little, because <laughs> I got an eye roll there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All my clients will know why, why I rolled my eyes there. Yeah, it is a coaching yeah. pain point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it comes is- from a, it comes from a place of desire of wanting, like wanting more, but also I mean, I, I, I teach a lot, you don't know this, but I teach a lot and coach a lot on the, the power of decision, being able to make decisions. And I think this is really interesting in relationship to the spaghetti brain as well, brain, yeah. because I think women, I've never put this thought together with neuroscience, but I think women don't want to cut off the different, you know, tendrils going out yes. in different directions. And it's harder for them to make decisions. Would that be accurate? That's I. That is my felt sense. All right, so I don't get in trouble. Um, I think I think uh, it can be. I think as women get older, things yeah. change. Because I, I love perimenopause and menopause, so <laughs> I think the brain changes a little bit at that point. But I do think um, it can be. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I really had to learn. I mean, I would say I probably skew more to being able to make fast and good decisions previously. Yeah. But um, I, I had to learn how to do that at a higher capacity and uh, raise my my ability to do that for sure as I grew my business. And I'm very curious about how that might play with the neuroscience as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and the more you do something, right, um, I just think the brain is so fascinating. So the more you lean into those neural pathways, the bigger they get. After they get, they actually get bigger. They grow. Um, That part of the brain lights up because you, so the more you started to lean into faster decisions, the easier it becomes to do that. So the more that we are leaning into all these tendrils and all these in all that indecision, it's a neural pathway. So you use this with them going forward. They're reinforcing a a habit loop and a neural pathway that is not, does not line up with maybe the vision for like a simple life, right? A simple life, a simple business, it creates complication, overwhelm, confusion, all of that. Yeah. All of that, right. So but, but the brains are wired for it. It feels natural. So it feels right what they're doing, especially yeah. if you've got moms. They're like, girl, this is how I've survived. And now you want me to kind of do this thing. But the more they lean into it, the easier it will get. And in that interim, it's cognitive emotive dissonance. So your heart and brain do not feel like they're in alignment. But I tell people just that's normal. So what if, you know, what Amir is telling you to do feels abnormal, that's okay. As long as the logic is there, then the nervous system will catch up to the to the logic. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you gotta wait for that dissonance to calm down. Yeah, hundred percent. And that can be very challenging for people because that dissonance, there's a lot of discomfort in that. And the doubt starts creeping in and when will that go away? And why do I still feel this way? And it's like you got there's a there's a bit of faith and trust and stepping into the unknown that's required in in that. So good, good. Okay, before I ask my final questions, where can people find you? 
I, you know, I would love for people to visit the website. I think that's a great place to check out. And that's, um, that's docbrownbush.com. So www.brownbush.com. And then if you want to go to social channels, that's fine. But I think all the information you could ever want is on my website. That's great. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. So this is the Unstoppable Woman podcast. How would you define being an unstoppable woman? What does it mean to you? Yeah. And I I feel like I'm blessed to be surrounded by so many, too. I think it's that, like you said earlier, that balance of masculine and that feminine energy we have the gift of of intuition and i think allowing that to 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 show up yet at the same time working with that that energy that we talked about earlier not giving up pushing through having your vision seeing where you're working towards and then taking those steps on a day-to-day basis and just because i have to ask people to do that with their brain health it's like i promise you you can get there but it's going to be right now not giving up yeah. Taking each step, you know, listening to one, hey, okay, I don't think that worked for me just right. Let me, can we make an adjustment? Yeah, I trust your intuition. You know, we're in this together. Yeah. I want you to advocate for yourself. And then at the same time, following the plan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do 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 what I came up with, do what we came up with, do the oh, most right thing, you yeah. know, because we gotta get there and don't lose sight of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that I think it is that marriage of that um that feminine, that masculine energy. I like that visual for sure. I love that. I love that. Well, using that as the the context and the definition, where have you, like, what's a great example of how you've shown up that way as um, an unstoppable woman? Yeah. My brain health journey. Yeah. I had to trust that um, my, my non-traditional functional medicine, naturopathic approach was going to save my brain. And um, I had to listen to my intuition because traditional medicine didn't have a great op- like answer or option for me. And I had to trust all my intuition. And then the, and the Amen team really helped me. And then I had to work my behind off, <laughs> you know, to save my brain <laughs> and to make sure my brain stayed healthy. And now it's this issue of, you know, like I meditate in the morning and I do all my journaling and I, you know, and I, I look at, you know, my scripture and I do all those things that are soft, you know, mm. And, and ease, and I have my nighttime ritual with my lavender and all the things, and I'm very nice to myself. And then I push really hard throughout the day to do the things, like I get the workout in and I stay on the eating schedule. And these are things that continue to not just recover my brain, but next level and optimize my brain, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I can have the life, the business that I want. So it's, it's I feel unstoppable and that I recovered my brain and I'm like, you know what? I want an amazing brain. <laughs> it's just like, I have a really great brain and I'm going to just see what, I, and so I, you know, I use all my supplements and I feel like that rigorous kind of, I'm going to work my plan and you can't mm-hmm. tell me I can't do this and it's, I'm just going to be my best. I feel like that's that balance for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance, for sharing your story, for sharing your heart. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and it's been a pleasure to be your client. So until next time, I'm Amira Alvarez. I'm the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman and great to have you here. Okay, take care.